Good morning. Welcome to Trinity. My name is Chris McDaniel, the senior pastor here at the church, and we're just so thankful to have you join us for our online service. I want to say before we get into the sermon today, thank you, Allison, for sharing your God story. Y'all, we've known Allison forever. She's one of the founding members of our church. Uh, was here with us at the very beginning. A number of years ago, she and Joe moved to Washington, D.C., which was a great sadness to us, but we've stayed in touch. Allison, one of the things I love so much about your faith and life is that you live your life with your hands open. Church, this is the invitation in front of all of us. Simple obedience when we say, God, how might you use me? And one of the things that I think Allison teaches us is that God uses ordinary men and women. If we'll just say, what have you got? That life of obedience, of open-handed living, I think, is available to each and every one of us. When we live like that, we experience the work of God more than when we don't. So Allison, thank you for your story. Lazarus is a partner of ours. And so if you're interested in learning more about what we do uh, with our friends on the margins who are experiencing homelessness, please visit wearelazarus.org. There are ways to get involved. I'm a regular monthly donor of Lazarus, and I would encourage you to think about what you can do to contribute to meeting the needs of people who are serving and loving people as the hands and feet of Jesus in our city and in places like Washington, D.C. So check them out. If you have your Bibles, turn to John 14. I'm going to read uh, verses 15 to 21. Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides in you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And they who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the Bible. And we ask God that you would give us the grace to sit still, to be present, and to receive from Jesus. And specifically today, God, we ask that you would help us to see and hear what Jesus has to say about the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. There are just a few things I want to share with you to help guide and direct our thinking today about this passage from Jesus. Number one, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And y'all, that's at the very core of what it means to be a Christian. We're called fundamentally as followers of God to live our love To not just say that we love God, not just express um, theological truth or speak in lofty ideas or ideals. We're meant to put our love, our faith on the ground through how we actually live. So Jesus says, if you love, you will obey. And I believe that that's a call of God for all of us. And yet it's intimidating. It's hard to think about this because oftentimes we find that we don't say and act in a manner that's consistent. We oftentimes say one thing and then do another. And so Jesus out at the gate in this sermon says, if you love me, you will obey me. He essentially says you will live your love through obedience. Now there's a temptation here. 
If we're not careful, we'll think, well, I guess I need to figure out how to legalistically obey. I've got to um, do all the right things at all the right times. And um, many Christians have heard a statement like this from a pastor or read it in the Bible and thought, well, I guess I got to get busy now being obedient, being holy on my own strength. Y'all, there's no coincidence that right after Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me that he actually then begins to speak about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. I believe, and Christians believe, that the Holy Spirit catalyzes a life of obedience. The Holy Spirit wakes up love and applies it into the life of a Christian. So we're going to spend the rest of this reflection thinking and talking about the Holy Spirit. The way Jesus describes the Holy Spirit is really important. He refers to the Holy Spirit as another counselor. It's the second movement here at the beginning of this sermon. We got to think about what Jesus meant when he said another counselor. It doesn't mean another, like a different one. The word in the Greek language for another, when he speaks of the Holy Spirit, is another counselor or advocate means another of the same kind. What Jesus is effectively saying is this, if you like me, you're going to like the Holy Spirit. He's saying that the Holy Spirit and he are connected, are made of the same essence, the same substance, another of the same kind. And this is really important, maybe very important for you and me in the modern age, because many of us don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. We think of the Holy Spirit as some sort of disembodied force. And what Jesus is saying here is, listen, the Holy Spirit, this advocate, this counselor, when the counselor comes, the counselor is going to be just like me. So today, I just want to say that if you resonate with Jesus, you resonate with the Holy Spirit, whether you know it or not. And Jesus actually asks us to make room for that as we live our lives. And that leads me to the next thing I want to unpack with you, which is this. Jesus encourages us here and elsewhere to welcome the Holy Spirit, to actually actively make room for saying, I want you to come into my life. If we're to receive and experience the life of the Holy Spirit, we have to actually make room to solicit or invite or to welcome. I've heard it said that the Holy Spirit is the uh, shy person of the Trinity, Uh, I've heard also people say that if there's an introvert in the Holy Trinity, it's the Holy Spirit. And if you've ever loved or lived or spent any time with an introvert, you know that this is true. If you just live your life busy and loud, you'll miss so much of the gift that that person brings to you. I think the same thing is true with regard to the Holy Spirit. We have to actually slow down, quiet our hearts make space, make room, and intentionally invite and welcome the Holy Spirit to do the work that only the Holy Spirit can do. If you're in a hurry, you're going to miss so much of what God wants to show you and do in your life through the Holy Spirit. So here's how I engage the Holy Spirit every day. Every day before I start my day, I sit in the same place at my couch with a cup of coffee, my Bible in my lap, Sometimes I make a smoothie, which my family refers to as spinach water, and I sit and quietly read the scripture and ask for the Holy Spirit to come and do two things. Illuminate the scripture to me, open up my mind to receive truth, and then also illuminate the activity of God in and around me, all the invitations that would come to me as I live that day before the Lord. Every day I ask the Holy Spirit explicitly, come and open up my mind with the scripture and open up my eyes to see you at work and where the invitations are around me. I do this every single day. And I believe that if you fail to do this, you'll miss so many of those invitations and opportunities. The Holy Spirit wants to be invited. 
And I believe that the responsibility in front of every Christian who would do it is to be more intentional and conscientious about welcoming the person and work of the Holy Spirit each and every day. I do it every day, and I would commend that same pattern of practice to you. I love the fact that we're called to actually make room for the Holy Spirit to work. Uh, in the Chronicles of Narnia, Father Christmas shows up and gives gifts to these kids, the, the kids who are uh, the principal characters in those stories. And as he gave them gifts, indicative of the Holy Spirit's gifts, he says, remember, kids, these are tools, not toys. They're not to be played with or trifled with. They're useful so I also ask regularly for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be manifested and um, in, in evidence to my own life. Um, gifts like healing and faith, um, gifts like hospitality, um, tongues. I pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to give me every gift that he would desire to give me. It's our responsibility as Christians. The Bible tells us to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And Jesus seemed to think that we should be doing this. So I would encourage you to look in your New Testament and find those lists of gifts and begin to ask God for gifts. It's his prerogative, which ones he gives you, but it's our job to actually solicit, ask, and be open to welcome the Holy Spirit to come. So that's kind of the preamble with regard to what Jesus is giving us in terms of how we should engage the Spirit. Now I want to pivot. I want to change gears. We'll get a new set of slides here. I want us to ask this question. So why? Why does the Holy Spirit even matter? I think Jesus actually says a number of things here pertaining to what the Holy Spirit does that are worthy of our consideration. Number one, he says the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit actually wants to speak truth to you, which is both to open up your mind to understand the scripture, but also to just speak the truth of God's word and his will into your life. One of the words used to describe the Holy Spirit in the Bible is a Greek word, paraclete which means to walk beside. And so the picture here is of a traveling companion situated beside you as a friend who would speak truth into your ear and give you direction in a way that you could hear and respond to because you're right there side by side. So notice the contrast between a God who runs so far out in front of you that you can't keep up with him or a God who's behind you, driving you like a taskmaster. And many of us, if we're honest, have grown up with pictures of either God being so far out front or behind us kind of pushing us in a terrifying way, a compulsive way. But here we have a picture of Jesus telling us that the Holy Spirit, as he leads us into truth, walks beside us in a dignifying, collaborative, side-by-side -side way where we can hear truth right here in our ear. This is why you have to learn how to walk. This is why you have to learn how to engage spiritual practices so that you'll be a person readily able to receive the spirit of truth as he walks beside you. The second thing Jesus tells us in this passage that, that I think speaks to why we need the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit will be with us forever, i.e. we're not alone. That we don't have to live our lives trying to figure out how to be and behave all by ourselves. Here Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit reminds us that we don't have to live our lives um, in a way where it's down to us and us alone. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I need this truth more than ever before. A lot of us are feeling so much pressure trying to figure out life on our own. If we're honest, most of us probably live our lives as if we are alone and it is down to us whether we're going to be okay or not. We hear Jesus says the Holy Spirit's going to be with us forever, which means that even when my experience tells me I'm alone, I'm not actually alone. Even when my 
Fear tells me that this is all down to me. It's not actually true. Those who follow God and walk with the Holy Spirit are actually never truly alone. He's with us forever. And I take great comfort in these words because I need to be reminded on a regular basis that this life and my choices and the trajectory of my life, it's not ultimately just down to me. The Holy Spirit is with me, not intermittently, but forever beside me as one who would walk beside me. The third thing that I think the Holy Spirit actually does that we need to think about that Jesus tells us about here is that the Holy Spirit gives us a special kind of access to God that he actually does something for Christians that non-Christians don't experience. Jesus says the world can't see, but you see and accept the spirit and come into a kind of fellowship and friendship with God. And one of the ways that I think about the work of the spirit in this respect is that the Holy Spirit invites me into a kind of experience of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you've been at Trinity uh, in the past, like, you know, when we used to meet in buildings, remember that? Um, We had this this icon located all around our building and and actually all of our locations of uh, Andre Rublev, who's a Russian iconographer, painted an icon of the Holy Trinity. And the picture is uh, one of my favorites. Um, It shows the Father, Son, and Spirit situated around a table with a kind of opening at the front as if we're being invited to come to that table. St. Augustine An early church father uh, once said the Holy Spirit is the bond of love between the father and son and invites us to experience the love that lives in the Holy Trinity. And so Jesus here is actually telling us that the Holy Spirit gives us a kind of special access to God. You're meant to experience God, not just in your head, but in your guts. So am I. And the Holy Spirit actually is able to move us from head faith into deep faith. And all of us right now probably um, need a little more gut faith, not just a rational faith, but a gut faith, a faith that gets down into the very deep places of our being. The Holy Spirit's job is to push faith deeper into your being so that you become a kind of settled person. My mind, when I think about this deep work, it actually reminds me that the Holy Spirit isn't just one who walks beside us, but also actually wants to indwell us. I'm going to read to you a passage from Ezekiel 36, which I think expresses this idea beautifully. God says this through the prophet, I will put my spirit within you, within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Do you hear it? my spirit within you that will cause you to live your faith, to obey, not out of compulsion, but as a natural response of what happens when God is close to you. And many of us right now need to hear that God's deepest desire is to be close to you, actually to indwell you. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. But we have to welcome and invite and slow down if we're to receive the good thing that God has for us. And that leads me to the last thing, and I'll leave it here. The Holy Spirit teaches us that we belong to God. So not only does he journey beside us and indwell us, but that the Holy Spirit teaches us that we're a part of God's family. And this is the phrase Jesus uses, and we'll land it right here. I will not leave you as orphans. I won't leave you as orphans, Jesus said. You won't have to live your life as if it's all down to you. You will not have to scrap and defend. I will 
welcome you and remind you, and the Holy Spirit will teach you that you belong to Jesus and the Father. We need to hear this, y'all. There's an invitation in front of us, and I pray that we would live it and receive it, and that we would welcome God every single day by saying, come Holy Spirit. And then he would just remind you that you belong to him, that you're his child. I need it. You need it. Amen.